What's up, everybody? This is Jay Brew. You're listening to True Fatherhood Stories. This is episode four. Um, big, big shout out to the Podshop Network who signed me on, signed on this podcast, I should say, after just three episodes. Obviously doing something right, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but uh, this is my first episode with a guest. Today's guest is a great friend of mine, uh, co-host of mine on the the show The Ten Count, in case you haven't heard that, check it out on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Music, lots and lots of different platforms there. Today I'm speaking with a great friend of mine, Mr. Jay Perrier. Now Jay's married, uh, retired rapper, just recently splashed into the world of professional wrestling, um, lifelong wrestling fan, uh, you know, at, in his mid-30s just decided, you know what? I've always jumped to being a professional wrestler, up and did it, uh, went through the really, really, really hard training, and just had his first actual couple of matches here a couple weeks ago up in Moncton, so um, salute to him for that. But today, we're going to talk to Jay as a father. So as you'll hear, you know, he's got some stories, I have some questions. Today we center most of it around the fact that his son has autism, so, you know, there's some stigma around autism. There's some stereotypes that people have of, of children with autism. Uh, we're going to get into that uh, as well as, you know, as I mentioned on the show, my son, LeVon, who's six, uh, yet to be diagnosed, but we're pretty sure he has severe ADHD. Uh, and he does actually show a few symptoms of, uh, you know, autism. So his mother and I are in the process of, you know, getting that all worked out. So I was happy to have Jay on as my first guest, especially because I would love to just hear, you know, the struggles that he faces as a father and things like that. So, you know what? Let's just get right into it. This is episode four of True Father Stories. My guest today, I will let him introduce himself. Go ahead, kind sir. What up, what up, what up, Bob? Nah, no, this is, uh, this is your boy, uh, Jay Perrier, a.k.a. Truth, on our uh, co-show, The Ten Count. Uh, we'll, we'll just go by Jay Perrier for this, uh, for this episode here. All right, since, Mr. Perrier. Uh, since there's no issues of uh, getting Jay's confused from Chris here. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Maybe no corniness, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how she goes. Yeah, co-host of The Ten Count with my boy Brew here, and uh, coming up, Loyalty Let's Talk, and, and, and future other projects. Perfect. And in case y'all don't know, uh, True Father Stories uh, just signed with Podshop Network. Hey. And we ha- we may have some more news uh, at the end of this episode coming up on that, too. But uh, as Mr. Perry mentioned, we are co-hosts of the 10 Count on the uh, My Name is Cyril podcast, uh, which, you know, we'll get into a little bit later. But basically, uh, Mr. Perry, I just wanted to, to speak to you. You have a, a unique um, sort of fathering experience, and I, I definitely wanted to have you as one of my first guests. So uh, just explain to us, you know, your, your situation as a whole. Well, right now I'm a, I'm a father to a six-year-old boy uh, diagnosed with autism at the age of, what was it, three, three years old? Officially, yeah. Yeah, well, I got the wife here next to me. Uh, yeah, no, he was, he was officially diagnosed with autism at three years old. Um, we, we pretty well knew it at around six months to a year. Like, we, we could see signs, but... Um, Swell little boy. And ironically, today he went to his very first day of school, grade primary. So it's uh, it's been kind of a nerve wracking day, so to speak. Yeah. How'd that go anyway? It was good. Uh, his Excel program went good. He uh, he did really good wearing his mask all day today. So that was nice. that was a bonus. Yeah. Um, and there was no windows broken or no kids hit. So it must have been all right. <laughs> it was a success overall. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, yeah, you mentioned he was he was diagnosed around three. Yeah. Um, how was that for you guys? 
when he got diagnosed, it honestly didn't bother us that much because we already knew for so long. It was just a matter of getting the confirmation. And then now it's like, now we can move on. Now we can take the steps that we can do to help him compared to just being in the unknown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, at, at around six months to a year, like I said, we, we were going through the concerns of, is he deaf? Because he's not responding to us. He's not yeah. answering to his name. So we had his hearing checked and we had all that stuff. And, um, we just started seeing signs like hands flap and mm-hmm. uh, his verbal skills slowly, slowly coming above. I mean, it's he's come leaps and bounds where is he to where he is now. Um, but again, by the time three years old come around and we finally we took it to, upon ourselves and paid for a therapist to get him diagnosed because mm-hmm. we would have been on a waiting list. We probably wouldn't have got him diagnosed till maybe this year or last year. Right. Yeah. Like it's, the waiting list is it's not good. It's really not oh. good. The mental health system in this in this province is no bueno. Yeah. Um, you're so, not wrong. You're not wrong. Yes. I can, uh, I can relate in a, in a similar sense as we, uh, LeVon, who's going in the grade one, uh, went in grade one today. Uh, we suspect him having like severe ADHD, yeah. um, which is similar to autism. You know, he, he's the listening and the focus and things like that. He's always moving his hands and doing certain things. And we've, uh, we've been going over a year trying to get him diagnosed. So yeah. I definitely know your struggle and, uh, you know, obviously probably the therapist is the way to go. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's not cheap neither. I mean, luckily no. for me, I got a lot of it taken care of through my work insurance. Mm, nice. But, and 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 we had help from other family members, but it was mm-hmm. more it was more or less like we just we have to do something now before yeah. it's like you know yeah we we just want to get things started in the ballroom before he starts to go to school and while you know mm-hmm. what I mean while he's still in his early developmental stages that we can yeah. get him the help that he needs right hundred percent no it's it's smart man I, we we spent a good probably six, five or six months of the school year last year in his primary year, reaching out to the schools, finding out they couldn't do anything. And, you know, it, no knock on the education system. They're doing what they can. I mean, it's the middle of a pandemic and things, but we were just getting the, the runaround from, you know, social workers to support workers at the school. And they, everyone was just like, you know what, go to the IWK. Then we go to the IWK and it's like, you know, we, we had one appointment in the last maybe nine months. Wow. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm half thinking, uh, you know, we might have to take that road as well. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's again, it's, it's an expensive road. Mm-hmm. But if you can get hooked up through insurances and other things like that, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a road worth checking out, especially if you want to get the ball rolling quickly. Yeah, I mean, we're able to get things like disability for him so we can get things like that taken mm-hmm. care of. But then mm-hmm. we can get him into programs that, you know, can help him yeah. develop his speech and help him do it, yeah. you know, that will accept autistic kids. Yeah. No, that's the so important thing. Yeah, it, for it sure. is. It's just we wanted to know so we can officially mm-hmm. get the ball rolling, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I just, uh, you know, we'll keep chatting sort of nonchalantly here, but I'll, I'm going to chuck some questions in here too for yeah, sure. you. All right. Um, so I did, I, I read a quote, uh, I want to say it was like a year or two ago. Um, I have a few autistic children in my family, uh, not my immediate family, but, you know, cousins and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I heard the quote, if you have seen one autistic child, you have seen one autistic child, meaning like no two are alike. Uh, so, I mean, from your and Brandy's perspective, like what, what is autism to you guys? That's sort of a yes and a no kind of thing, mm-hmm. because uh, there's like I have friends that haven't had their kids diagnosed yet, mm-hmm. but I see them doing the exact same things that Abel does. Yeah. And it's like and now they're on the list and now they're trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. And they're, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I see other people that have had their kids diagnosed that are completely different from my son. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it really is a flip of the coin of 50 50. But there's there's a lot of traits that you can see. Like yeah. one of the big ones is hand flapping. Like they do the mm-hmm. hand flapping a lot, excitement. Yeah. Um, but it's I I actually one of my people that I'm training with uh, for all you people that don't know, I've been in training for wrestling for the last few months. And one of the people that I'm training with, they're actually autistic. Mm-hmm. And it's I see a lot of the same things in them that I see in my son. Just yep. little things, the way they process information, like when they get told something and you can see them kind of, you know, just thinking in their head, processing what's going on, making a decision mm-hmm. and then acting on it. You know what I mean? I see that yeah. a lot of my son sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's again, it's a 50 50 kind of thing. There is a lot of similarities, but there is a lot of completely difference at the same time. For sure. For sure. OK. Um, now, I guess to the next question, how how has autism affected your family, like immediate family and then even surrounding not too much. I mean, for the most part. Well, I mean, you said you did see it sort of early on, too. So you probably prepared yourself a little more than. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what I would sound like a complete asshole. But it's like 
I people see the word autism and autistic, mm-hmm. and I can see them look at my son different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's yes. like I I get it. I don't like it. I still to this day I don't even know what it is. I'm still yeah. learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I mean it's I've seen a lot of family, not you know not disown them or not anything like that, but. As soon as the autism is mentioned, I see them talk to him differently. Mm. I see them, you know what I mean? I, I treat yeah. him just a little bit differently. When at the same time, I'm just I'm just trying to treat him like a normal kid. I'm like, I don't even like bringing up that he's autistic. I don't, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's because yeah. I want him to be treated like a normal kid. Mm. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, I, I do see I do see him treated certain ways that, you know, you wouldn't treat a, a normal kid. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, I guess the best way to say it, I don't, I don't want to say scared, but it's probably nervousness. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. Okay. Um, I want to compare just something, just, I mean, comparing it with LaVon a little bit. And like I said, LaVon's not diagnosed yet, but we're like a thousand percent sure. Uh, he's ADHD at least, um, ADHD, just the, the hyper side of it, especially, um, now, I had Levon out on the weekend to, I want to say, Ice Patch Hollow in Bedford, like the kids' play place. Yep. Um, and he does have, like, some sensory things with loud noise and things like that. Uh, but one thing I noticed, especially with Levon, when we have him out, is he doesn't, like, for just one example, he doesn't have an inside voice. He doesn't recognize, like, sort of space or personal space with other kids. Like, he's in their face. Yep. And uh, I struggle with, like, do I even need to explain this to people? Like, uh, you know, I sort of grew up with a kind of dad that was like embarrassed easily by certain things. And I, you know, so I sort of grew up being a dad like that, but at, with LaVon, it's changed my whole outlook because I'm like, he's a kid for one, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I think where a lot of parents would get embarrassed and I, maybe embarrassed is a little harsh word to say, but like some parents would get embarrassed by the activities or the things their kids are doing. I've sort of learned to try to embrace it and maybe, you know, put him in positions to, to make him a little more comfortable. Uh, Is there, do you find that something like is, I'm not really sure fully about the the autism thing, but does, you know, does your little guy have like sensory overload type thing with noises or does he go to places like hop, skip, jump? He he does do that. Um, He doesn't really have sensory overload for the Mm -hmm. most part. There Mm -hmm. is some sounds or something that he will bother him and he'll cover his ears Mm -hmm. and he'll run off and do whatever, but he'll do that. If something he sees that he doesn't like, neither he'll cover his ears and run away. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you say that about LeVon not having an indoor voice because Abel's pretty well the same way, right? Yeah. And like, you know, he could be right in kids' faces and don't be afraid to say it. You feel embarrassed because that's yeah. just, you know, it's, yeah. you see all the other parents looking at you. Yeah. You know or they're looking mean? at him or they're like, who's this kid? Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, right? I have the loud kids. <laughs> Sorry. And I mean, you know, we have those experiences with him, but his mm-hmm. are meltdowns. Like, yeah. he will literally just straight freak out, scream. Yeah. And I mean, beat the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on the show. But yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he will like he. It's not that my son is violent, but mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to express his anger. Yeah. So his first instinct is a headbutt or a yep. slap or mm-hmm. a punch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's for us the embarrassing situations would be like today, for example, we're all sitting in the big area at the school waiting to go in for waiting for the doors open. So there's hundreds of parents everywhere, all with their kids. Mm-hmm. Abel wants to go into the school right now. Uh, he doesn't want to wait in line, you know what yeah. I mean? So but we're yeah. trying to hold him back and mm-hmm. be like, no, we got to wait in line, buddy. You know, there's other kids. Mm-hmm. He turns around, he headbutted me right in the nose. Like it was oh, bad. Yeah. But it's like I'm I'm to the point now where that doesn't bother me no more because he's six years old. I've been through this for the last few years. Mm-hmm. But the first couple of years when he's doing that stuff, it's like I just want to grab him and run away at the store because I just don't yeah. want anybody looking at us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But honestly, it does not bother me that much anymore. I just yeah. kind of deal with it. And I just mm-hmm. kind of hope that the parents understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, but it's like, my biggest concern is do these parents think that I'm abusive to my son or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's don't be afraid to use the word embarrassed for sure. For sure. It, yeah. It, it yeah. Is, you know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm glad you said that too, because you know, it's not, you know, you are embarrassed and it's not like you fully care what the other parents think. And, they might not even be thinking anything, to be honest. Sometimes yeah. it's our own heads. We get in our own heads. Exactly. And they're, it's almost like our kids are annoying us, you know, in a sense. So we're like, they're probably definitely annoying these parents or, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but yeah, like I mentioned, Saturday, he just was, I could see a couple of kids like not wanting to play with them. And then he gets down, he comes to me and, you know, for, I mean, for a six-year-old, he tends to cry a lot when kids don't want to play with them or little things like that. So that's sort of where the, I think, embarrassment comes in is more or less, 
Like, I don't, I don't want to have that kid that goes to the thing and like everyone wants to leave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So yeah. But like I said, he's, he's not diagnosed, but we're, we're, we're pretty sure uh, that he's, you know, ADHD, but um, yeah. So I just I want to touch on communication too. Um, not, not all autistic children can talk. Some talk really, really well. Some do like, you know, more signing and things like that. Like how, how is it with your little guy? He took a while. He really did. Um, again, we we went and got him tested for his hearing because we just mm-hmm. he wouldn't respond to us. He wouldn't do anything. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. does he even hear us? Like, is, yeah. um, but honestly, in the last, we'll say two and a half years or so, his speech is leaps and bounds. Nice. But the funny thing is, though, before he could even speak leaps and bounds, he was reading chapter books, basically. Yeah. The kid, like, I'm, he had no problem. Like, if you we all know as parents when your kids are quiet it's like okay mm-hmm. what are they doing we gotta go yep. see what's going on that wasn't with us when our kid was quiet nice. we just knew he was sitting in, the, in his room with his table reading uh, have a bunch of books open you know what i mean like yep. he spent so much time he taught himself how to read like i i feel 100 confident saying that yeah we did yep. our thing with him but for the most part this kid taught himself how to read mm-hmm. so it's like uh, it, the visuals for him are spot on Mm-hmm. The communication that took a lot of work, but through yeah. daycare, through the teachers that he had and, and everybody that was working with him, it's mm-hmm. his speech has really come leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Mind you, we can't really have a conversation with him yet, mm-hmm. but he can tell us things like what's wrong with him. What's hurting yeah. now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is he hungry? What does he want to eat? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, but when it comes to things like how was school today, it's usually a good day of school. And that's all mm-hmm. we're going to get out of him kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but compared to two years ago, we wouldn't even got that. You know what awesome. I mean? So it's, yeah. It's definitely come leaps and bounds for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, I guess it forays into my next question too, which is a th- it's therapy related. Um, you know, I've, I've read up on some autism, uh, you know, issues and, and there's things like speech therapy, feeding therapy, uh, occupational and ABA, which is like applied behavioral analysis therapy. Is there any type of therapy that you felt um, was most beneficial to him? Um we did this one program at the very beginning of we, when we first got his diagnosis called all together now. Mm-hmm. And that more or less helped us as parents mm-hmm. to learn how to react and, and things like that to his behaviors and, 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 you know, what to counteract with. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the, for the most part, it was other than that, like we had EIBI and all that stuff set up with him too. Mm-hmm. But I like me personally, I'm extremely disappointed with what they did with them because they didn't mm-hmm. really do much with them. Yeah it's they they did do some stuff with him don't get me wrong but it was it was a lot of back and forth like they wanted to set a plan so it's like Mm. okay so our plan is to get him to stop hitting kids and to stop doing this and stop doing that and then eventually we'll get on to potty training because it took forever Mm -hmm. to get our son potty trained Mm -hmm. but it's like but we need to get a potty trained now because he's not getting accepted into boys and girls club so can we just move the plan ahead and they're like no but that's not part of our plan and it's like you know you're supposed to be helping us and help the yeah. kid you know what i mean yeah and for the long we wasted a good six months or so with basically nothing getting done wow. till the last little bit and it's but the first program that we did all together now that was it was really good as for us as parents to learn mm-hmm. how to deal and react with with an autistic kid yeah nice um yeah i mean it's something that that hits home for me too is the individualism of programs like that um right when levon was born uh, I was kind of rushing out, you know, some things that happened. I was trying to get custody of him and I uh, went and took some parenting programs, which for the most part were like, you walked in and it was like the ABCs of parenting. Any, everyone knew this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I took certain things away from it. Um, you know, at, at sort of at the end of it. And one thing I took from it was every child's different. Every parent is different, you know? Yep. So especially now that I'm seeing LeVon go through school, it's, it's something that, you know, I just wish, that our education system was more catered to kids with ADHD, autism. I know there's, there's supports there. I know there's people that are hired to, to help, but I just, to me, there's not enough. You know what I mean? It needs to be more of a system than a typical classroom. And yeah. you're just going to try to stuff him in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, but at the same time, I don't want him separated. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's yeah. why I want like a 50, 50 thing. I don't want mm-hmm. him treated any different. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I understand the fact that he's not going to be able to sit in a table, a chair in a regular classroom yeah. for, you know, whatever and, and be occupied. I just know mm-hmm. that he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. I, I, again, at the same time, I don't want him to feel different. I don't want him yeah. to be treated different. Like it's it, so it's it's a, it's a flip. It's yeah, it's a both sides of the thing. Yeah, it's a coin flip. I mean, now it's 2021, too. So you think that they'd have this whole thing figured out with 
you know, you would think so with different disorders. And it's not just autism, not just ADHD. There's, there's other sort of disorders that need attention. You know what I mean? So, um, even me growing up, I, I have ADD. I don't have the ADHD necessarily, but I got diagnosed as an adult. And just, uh, once I started sort of going to doctors and figuring stuff out, a lot of shit made sense from when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wish I got taught a different way, you know, cause me just reading something, I, I can read a page of a book and I, I'm so interested in the topic and I'll forget what I just read when I go to the next page. That's so I need, exactly I need like, like I need like a voice or I need to hear like an audio book or yep. I need to write it down for myself, that type of thing. You know what I mean? Yep. A hundred percent. I, 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 I totally get that hundred percent. Cause that was, that was just like me. I, I could not focus in school. I just could not do it. Mm-hmm. It was, unless it was something I was extremely interested in mm-hmm. for me to sit down and, and try to read something. And again, right to the, as soon as I get to the next page, I completely forget about the last page I just read. Yep. It's not that I can't store that stuff in my memory. Cause I can remember lyrics from you mm-hmm. know, 30 years ago and I can yeah. do this. You know what I mean? But it's, I can't retain that kind of information when I'm trying to, to, to read it. Now, if you show me a video of it, yep. You know what I mean? I, yep. I you show me being done. That's what yep. you like. I can't read a book on how to change a break. But if you show yeah. me a video on it, I'll be able to, you know what I mean? Like it's yep. that kind of shit. hundred uh, percent. It's yeah. I can't, I'm just like you. I can't retain that kind of information while you're reading. Yeah. No, I'm the same. It's, it's funny. You said the brakes thing. Cause I actually, I changed, I've only ever done it once, but I changed my brakes once on a car. And I, the first time I ever like changed my oil, I just went on YouTube, watched a video. I just did it. I was like, man, that was easy. You know yeah. what I mean? But if yeah. I would have read the instructions, I've been like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah. What the fuck you know? does a cat mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, really? Come on. <laughs> um, you know, so something I like to do. Um, so I don't know if you know fully, you know, I, I did work for a parenting uh, center in the North end there for a little while. And I always ran like parenting programs for dads, like catered towards dads. Yeah. Um, so one question I always ask, and it often throws men off because men are like, what do you mean? What about, you know what I mean? So I just, I'm just going to say, it's like raising a child with autism, obviously, or, or ADHD or any sort of disorder can be stressful on the parents, um, on you and Brandy, obviously. This is a dad show, though, so I'm going to ask for you, how are you doing with everything? Like, how are you lie. taking everything in? Yeah, in I'm it? not going to lie. It's a bit stressful at times, mm-hmm. but I find it stressful at times because me and, like me and Brandy, for example, we barely ever get any time to herself you know mm-hmm. what i mean and again i don't want to say this is why but it's it just mm-hmm. seems like maybe people are scared to take him over for the night because he's autistic mm-hmm. they don't know how he's going to act and they don't mm-hmm. but i'm always like he's not going to learn until he does it you know he's yeah. not going to get comfortable into mm-hmm. so but like that would be my biggest thing like i'm very happy with my son mm-hmm. like it's I, I probably wouldn't change it for the world. Like, even if I could fix, even if I could get a pill right now to fix his mm-hmm. autism, I probably wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, I just love who my son is. Yeah. But yeah, just like any other parent, of course there's stressful times, but I, I would say one of the biggest things is the fact that again, we, we never get any alone time really. So it's mm-hmm. like, she goes out with her friends. I'm home with the kid. I don't really yeah. go out much, but it, you know, I would have to go. She would have to be mm-hmm. home with the kid because it's yeah. like, it's not too often we get, alone time and, and people want to take them yeah like, and I, I'm, I'm like i'm trying to bite my tongue here just so i don't sound like an asshole but at the same time the stuff has to be getting out of there like, it's oh like, yeah it, yeah it's, it, it is what it is 100 percent. no that's why you know i i love the honesty too that's why i oftentimes i'll be um so as a part of my role as a, a parent educator which i haven't done in a w- little while now it's been a little over a year and a half but i always would just sit down with the guy and i'd be like how are you doing and they look at me like, what do you mean? Like, no one ever asked me that. Wait, you know what I mean? What? I'm, a, I'm allowed to have feelings and emotions? Yeah. So it's really? like, wait. Yeah. It always, I always just like, it throws them off. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I mean, yeah, over, overall, though, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, like, it's, mm-hmm. I have a perfect life. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I have very little to complain about. Yeah. Other than my fucking cold right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I'm going like two weeks myself. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I can relate to, man. It's, uh, you know, it, even before, like I have four kids, obviously, but my oldest is 18. Then there's like a big stretch. Then LeVon six. Yep. So when my oldest son lived away, I wasn't around too much. I was torn a lot. And, you know, so I always said like I was going to fix the mistakes I made with, um, you know, missing a lot of his life. And in some ways it's not fair to him, but it's, you know, I'm, I just embrace the fact that I'm not going to do that again, you know, and, and me and him talk once in a while. And I'm sure when he's an adult, we'll have that conversation, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I'm always going to be there for, for my kids, you know? And I didn't, I would, maybe I wasn't mature enough. Maybe I don't know what the story is, but 
you know, there was obstacles there. So, so, you know, it, but it, I'm just honest about it. And that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like I find a lot of, a lot of parents that, uh, you know, may have a child they don't see or what have you. It's not always for the reasons I did. It wasn't always because you were absent. Some dads can't see their kids, you know, or some moms can't see their kids because the dad keeps them from them. So, yep. you know, it's a blessing that we have our kids in our lives is basically what I'm getting at. hundred percent. Um, now I guess also, I mean, going off of how you're doing now as a, as a parent of a child with autism, my next question is, um, what is it you feel that you need, or was it, what is it fathers out there, especially you think need more of when it comes to support? Like, was there, was there a certain organization or a certain program that you, uh, you know, maybe you found really quickly or you found was super helpful or, uh, anything like that? Or do you feel like, um, you know, you had to sort of go searching for that kind of stuff. I mean, honestly, brew other, other than the stuff that I see you doing with your dad's matter Canada and all that stuff, mm. I don't see any dad support systems mm. out there whatsoever. Like it's yeah. not even, a, not even resemblance of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe Christmas daddies. That's the only thing that's in the name. But yeah. It's yeah. Not dad support. It's you know not what dad mean? Support, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But and if I'm being honest, there really is. I mean, there's zero to zero to none. Still, yeah. and I've been fighting for it since 2017. So I mean, really, the only thing that I've had support with was cope, like parent-based support, mm -hmm. not father-based support. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. But again, other than what I see you doing with Dads Matter Canada and and now True Fatherhood Stories and all this shit, I, I don't see any dad support groups. Like mm -hmm. I see a meme, you know, saying support dads' mental mm -hmm. health, and men's mental health too. And but it's like yeah. that's that's as far as it seems to go. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm. Glad you brought it up, but it's also a sad thing because, I mean, I've been fighting and I see a little, sometimes an organization or somebody will email me, but it, it never really comes to fruition. You know, there's some maybe parent centers around that'll have like a, a dad's event once every six months on a Sunday. And I can't, you know, I try to make it to those, but, I, you know, they're few and far between. But, uh, you know, I just thought I'd ask because I know, you know, um, when I was a parent educator, I put together sort of a, a booklet for dads with everything from, you know, autism phone numbers and, and, you know, things that IWK to, you know, not, not even just dealing with that, but dealing with anything, you know, yeah. DMV, like, you know, if you get a suspended license, go to this court. Like I try to make a sort of a dad's handbook and uh, you know, all I could find really was the stuff you can Google when it came to autism. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't see yeah. any like remote programs that were like, you know, we'll come to your house and spend an afternoon and, you know, there's, there's so much government funding and I'm not going to sort of get into all that money side of it, but with as much as government funding is put into like parent centers, I worked at a parent center, bro. And I can tell you there's hundreds of thousands put into each one of those yeah. four things. And it's not that they're not reaching out the way they should, but it's like, where's all this money going? And I'm well, not just talking about the parent centers, but the money coming from the government. Why is there no organizations that do like a mobile you know, I, I know there's mobile crisis centers and if you're like suicide places, why is there not, not a help for, you know, let's say an autistic kid that just needs a quick like hour or two with somebody, you know, or with the parents, they may just need a, an emergency meeting or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's sort of why I asked that question. Cause um, it, you know, it'll lead into my next question, but that's why I wanted to ask. You yeah, know, well, I mean, it's, and even with the little things, because again, this all reverts back to, like fatherhood's just or you know not getting the respect they deserve mm -hmm. i mean how many times have i seen you post up trying to take your kid to the bathroom and they don't even have a changing table in the men's stall you know in the, bathroom, yeah. the men's bathroom yet right like there's yeah. zero consideration for the fact I know. that man will have to change his, <laughs> his diaper you know what i mean yeah. like it's, it's it's funny you brought that up because that came up in my memories and it was only a year ago i just remember seeing it yeah yeah it was only a year ago i think i shared it again but it was the superstore on joe Howe, and i'm like that's a huge major grocery store you know what i mean and I'm sitting there changing my, my, I have a one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old in my arms. I'm changing a newborn baby on top of a sink. You know what I mean? I, sh I probably should have went more hammer time and, like, called the news and shit, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that no. guy. But, I mean, I haven't been there in a while. I don't know if they have it, but, yeah, it does, it just, it does go to like, show you. We, we can't even get a changing table in the men's, in the men's bathroom, so yeah. how can we expect to get funding for men's mental health or men's, yeah. you know, it's, it just yeah. doesn't seem to exist, but it's, I mean, and I don't want to sound rude when I'm saying this, but like women get all the attention. You got women's shelters and you get all this stuff, which is yeah. great. Do not yeah. get me wrong, but why can't, you know, men have that same kind of option too? Yeah. It's sort of, it, honestly, it's, I mean, I haven't gotten to the full story of my story as far as like on here yet, but that's what launched me doing this shit was 
was I was in an abusive relationship. My first one ever, like, like of me being the victim. And that's like, impossible. How could you be a victim? Right? You're a man, bro. And police are coming to my door and they're laughing. I had a, I had a RCMP officer laugh like, oh, you're oh, you called. Or like, <laughs> actually, I didn't even call. It was the person downstairs, our neighbors. But he was like, oh, you're you're what do you mean? You're the victim. I'm like, yeah, surprise. Like, you know what I mean? And just dealing with certain like court lawyers and things like that. And they just they look at you funny. And, you know, that was sort that's, of that whole stigma is what really made me push higher for this. And I was like. You know, I'm still not where I want to be with it, but it's we're a little bit further. And, you know, it just, it just needs to be overall awareness to the situation because yeah. it, it happens, man. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's it's, you know, dominant compared to women abuse and, and shit yeah. like that. But it's it, to say that it doesn't happen and to laugh at your situation. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know, I, I have a sort of a future planned episode on like statistics and things like that, where I, mean, I won't get too much into it, but. The, to me, the statistics are skewed because I was somebody that, you know, the cops were called multiple times. So I'm in there as a stat, but there's plenty of dads I've spoken to since I've been a victim. I'm, I'm going on probably 70 plus, 80 plus dads that never report it. You know what I mean? And I, it's not, not taken away from women because women don't report as well. Yeah. But I think more men don't report because it's like, I'm the man. I'm the tough I'm guy. Stigma. You know, yeah. And I can tell you, I've been called every name in the book. I've lost friends that are like, oh, you called the cops. And I'm like, yeah, bro, like my baby's involved here. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, like, you know, me crazy. Yeah. So it's it is what it is. But I mean, that's where the that's where the double standards and dads and double standards came in. Yes. That's, you know, I got just talking to parent centers and this this is where I was going with this Tom, with like the, the shelters. So I'm reaching out to women's shelters. And I know they can't have me there as a, a guest or a whatever. But I'm like, is there anything? And I reached out, I think, 17 total, and only two even talked to me. You know what I mean? And the two that talked to me were like, yeah, sorry, like, we don't know what to do. So the only really help I got was from the IWK, who were like, basically told me to reach out to different parent centers. Excuse me. And then, uh, yeah, just I reached out to the North End Parent Resource Center and flipped, flipped that into a job. They trained, they probably put like a good five to $7,000 in training me to run parenting programs. Nice. But the good thing about it for me was I'm just learning as a dad anyway. Yeah. You know, so the end game, you know, which again, I'm, I keep alluding to it because <laughs> I have another plug, another episode uh, plan. But um, the goal for me is to open a dad center here. And a Dave, man. I don't really want to run it necessarily, but um, if I have to, I have to. But that's the goal. Um, there's six centers right now in Canada called uh, Center for Families. and uh, I'm just, anyway, the, the name's alluded to me, uh, but there's one in Ottawa that I visited and it's just amazing. It's not, there's no hate towards women. Women are even in, you know, no one's excluded, but it's Which a center fine. for a man to walk in and say, I, I, you know, I need to be comfortable here. Here's my situation. The same way I was, I walked into a parent center that was all women. And, uh, tell, I took this one lady in a room. I told her my story and I, I felt uncomfortable here. I was talking to like a 50 some year old lady. And, you know, she's sort of I know she has my back and she's like trying to help. But at the same time, I sort of felt like she was telling me to I suck it up almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. re she wasn't saying suck it up to me, but I it was the tone I was getting. Oh, well, it could be worse. Oh, well, you know, da, 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 fight, go to court. And, you know, I'm like, I'm sitting there like if I was a woman and did the things, you know, or had things happen to me. Or, or sorry, if I did the things that my ex was doing, I'd probably be yeah. doing like a 10 year sentence, to be honest. hundred percent. hundred percent. But um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that sort of goes into my, my next question. Um, so it's long winded, but I'll I'll wrap it up at the end. So go it's ahead, just go ahead. Yeah. So it's just do you have any tips for parents out there? So maybe it's a strategy to calm your son, a song, a funny dance. Basically, if you can give one tip to another father, let's say there's a dad out there. He's 24, whatever. Uh, you know, got a fiance and they just found out their kid's autistic. Um, do you have like one sort of tip or I know you probably have a hundred, but like, what's your favorite tip you would give or one? It's just one solid one. Again, we've talked about this earlier that not all, you know, symptoms mm -hmm. are the same or whatever spectrums are the same, but mm -hmm. for the most part, what seems to work, especially for us, is something called first and then. Mm -hmm. So first we'll do this and then you will do that. So yep. first brush your teeth and then get whatever mm -hmm. first go to school and then watch a show. So mm -hmm. once you start implementing that program, so he knows 
okay, so first we have to take care of this task and then I get to do fun stuff. Mm. Um, and the second thing I would say for my son in particular, a timer really works well uh, when it okay. comes to things like screen time. You yep. know, you get five more minutes before bed. If we put a timer up there and he sees it mm. and then he hears an alarm goes off, he'll turn mm. the iPad off by himself and then go and wow. get ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to us saying, okay, five minutes left and then coming in five minutes later saying, okay, time for bed. It's like yeah. he'll argue and cry. and whatever, You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'd be the two things, uh, nice. a, a program called first and then, and mm -hmm. a timer. Nice. I, lo I love the timer thing. Cause I don't implement that. I'm horrible for it with, with Levani. So into screen time and, you know, gaming, whatever. And I'll hit him with the like 15 minutes left and I'll hit him with the 10, hit him with the five. And if I come in every minute from the five down, like it's still, it doesn't matter to him. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I might implement that now. And I mean, you know, that could be for anything and not just screen time, right? Like yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. You know, for lots of stuff. Yeah. Five more minutes and then it's you got to go eat your supper or like yeah. this, anything yeah. that you have. Even playtime. He's in his room. Exactly. Exactly. Just something yeah. that you have to use to cause a structure, especially now yeah. where Abel's going into school. He has to understand that in five minutes mm -hmm. time, you're going to have to go to your next class or your next. Class, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's that 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 worked really well for us. Nice. I like both those. Um, So now, I mean, it's been nine questions deep. Here's my ten. Uh, for the 10 count of the true father's stories. Oh, that's where it comes <laughs> in. Uh, so what was the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome youth in your opinion as a, as a father? Ooh, geez, that's a good question. I, I, I would probably say other, yeah, other than the birth of my son, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a minute, mm -hmm. behavior issues. Mm. like because I'll, I'll use a prime example right now so it's as we all know i just said it earlier i've been in training to go in pro wrestling and stuff like that mm -hmm. um i just had my debut match last week clap 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 yes, sir. <laughs> um <laughs> but i want to bring him to a show mm. but i'm scared because he doesn't like know very well mm -hmm. he wants he's going to want to go into the ring and play yeah. but he's going to have to understand no you have to sit here in the stands and watch the show Mm -hmm. that's going to cause a meltdown. So yeah, that's probably one of my biggest obstacles is trying to get over that behavioral leap mm -hmm. to try to make sure I can keep them calm in situations. Yeah. For something like that, you know, that I like taking him to a movie, I think would be okay if I take him to a Paw Patrol movie, because you can't mm -hmm. go do it. Like, you know, he's just sitting there watching the movie, yeah. eating popcorn, whatever. But for him to see something and like, and want to go do it, mm -hmm. like we can't even walk by the ocean. Because yeah. he'll want to go by the water. And if we can't, yeah. you know, you, you can't do that, buddy. That's yeah. a meltdown waiting to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that that would probably be my biggest obstacle other than the birth of him would mm -hmm. be, yeah, the, the behavioral issues. Okay. Awesome. So, I mean, it's, it's, that was my sort of 10, 10 count questions. Uh, but this is true fatherhood stories. Um, so I like to end every show. Um, I have a few more tidbits here, but I want you to sort of give us a story. It's called True Father Story. So is there a story you love to tell? Is there a story you haven't told? Um, funny, sad, whatever. Uh, something that just comes to mind that you sort of want the world to know. I think my introduction to fatherhood is a pretty interesting story. Um, basically, to start it all off, me and my woman's been together for years, you know, blah, blah, blah. She had a very close call with cancer. Mm -hmm. Like, to the point where it was like, you know, it's going down kind of thing. Mm. So it came to the point where it was, if you guys want to have a kid, you have to have it now or it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, let's try to have a kid. I'm in my thirties. Actually. Yeah. I was just turning that age. And, uh, it was like, okay, so let's do it. So, you know, like every other couple tried and tried, didn't work, didn't work. Finally I had a kid, got pregnant. Mm -hmm. So obviously because of her condition, She's being monitored. She's being taken extra care of, blah, 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 blah. Initially, we're being told that it's going to be premature. Like, we should really prepare for a premature baby. Wow. So we have all that in mind. We're all ready for it. And it basically comes up to the nine-month mark, and it's like, we're having a baby. I get the phone call at work one day, wow. and it's like, okay. I get to the hospital. Bruno joke, a week went by. She was in labor. Wow. And this was like epidurals, you name it. Like it was really, yeah. And it was not like, yeah, it, it wasn't like, you know, sitting there 
okay, you know, we're, we're going to try tomorrow. We're going to, it was, this could be any minute now. This could be any minute now. This could be, and this was for a week straight. For a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it finally got to the point where they're like, okay, you're not dilating anymore. We can't put you through any more stress. So tomorrow we're going to cut you open. You're going to get a C-section. So spend your time, get some sleep, get a good night's sleep. You know what I mean? Because we were up for a long time at that point. We barely got any sleep through it that mm-hmm. whole week. So get some sleep, you know, get rested, and we'll go through all this tomorrow. Okay, we shut the lights off. We all laid down. We closed our eyes. Not even 10 minutes later, they come busting in our door and go, nope, we're doing it right now. And it's like, oh, uh, shit. It's going down. It's going down. <laughs> so, like, we're, we're wide awake now. We're good to go. And just as fast as we're wide awake, that adrenaline kicked off, and we're just back to being zombies again. It was to the point where she's laid on the table. I'm sitting beside her. She goes, okay, now you're going to feel some pressure in a minute because we're about to cut you open. And Brandy's like, okay, yo, no problem. And just as fast as she started cutting her open, Brady fell asleep. That's how tired she was. No way. Yeah. So they're doing whatever. I'm just, you know, sitting there waiting. And (laughs) as soon as they pull him out, he starts crying. And she wakes up instantly and starts (laughs) crying. Like it was just, it was cry, cry instantly. (laughs) So it was all said and done. Again, keep in mind, we're supposed to have a premature. That's what we're being told Mm. the whole time yeah so now we're a week late so we're expecting a premature little baby yeah our boy was 10 pounds no way yeah that's why she wasn't dilating her body's like we ain't pushing this thing out (laughs) it's not happening (laughs) get out of me (laughs) exactly so come to find out she's been diagnosed with something called well she was misdiagnosed with something called preeclampsia yeah so basically her body was just filling with fluids nonstop. Like bro, I had to lift her legs in bed while she was pregnant because she couldn't even really? lift her legs up. Her legs were so swollen. You couldn't even wow. touch it because it was just hard as a rock. It was bad. Yeah. So here we are. we finally had the baby. We're in the recovery room and we were in there for hours. And I mean, hours we were in the recovery room because they had to make sure she was all good and all the condition. And the worst part about it is we had no sleep for whatever so here we are hours and i had to hold my baby in my arms in the chair and like by the end of it my shoulders were on fire my, yeah. and i i couldn't even put him down she was sleeping so i couldn't even put him over you know what i mean like it was yeah. just so it was a long process Man. so we finally get settled down everything's all good we get back up in our room we're enjoying our time i'm saying fuck it you know you do some skin to skin with the baby yeah. i'm going downstairs to go smoke a joint <laughs> So I do it. I'm going down there, hanging out, yeah. having a couple puffs. Ah, fuck it. I'll smoke another one while I'm down here. It's been a minute. <laughs> smoke another one. I come back upstairs, and by the time I'm halfway down the hallway, I hear my son scream into the top of his lungs. No way. And I'm going, is that from my room? So I run down to the room, and here she is, hyperventilating to like a point of like just complete hyperventilation. And my son uh, just screaming, screaming, screaming. Yeah. She's telling me, she goes, I can't, I can't breathe. Like, get him off of me. Get him off. Get... What? So she's been pushing on the button to get the nurse to come forever. The nurse took forever mm-hmm. to show up. So when it's finally all said and done, crash cart's coming in. Doctors are coming in. Pumping her up to mask and shit like that. Time goes by. She's, her breathing starts to come good. She's, you know, levels start to come back to normal. We're like, okay, that was just some kind of maybe a panic attack. Maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we don't, whatever. Uh, I don't remember the exact time. I think it was like a couple hours later or something like that. And we're back in another room. And we're just hanging out and we're chilling. And all of a sudden, she just starts to feel it again. She's like, I can't, I, I can't breathe. I just, I, something's going on. And the doctor's like, mm-hmm. no, no, you're, you're okay. You're okay. She's like, no, no, I, I can't breathe. Give me some mm-hmm. oxygen. So the doctor's like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. And the more the doctor said, you're fine, you're fine. She just started panicking more and like yeah. she can't breathe before I know it, bro. Like crash cars are getting pushed in the room. I'm getting pushed out of the room with my newborn son. Yeah. There's like eight, nine doctors all running in the room. And all of a sudden I start hearing on the speakers, code blue, code blue on room 218 or whatever room we were in. Right. And I'm going like, like what's happening right now? Like, I don't yeah. know what, like is, what's happening. This nurse comes out and I go, can you explain to me what's going on? She goes, well, she's incubated right now. They have the tube down her throat. And I go, so she's not breathing on her own? She goes, well, it's like she's getting all taken care of, blah, blah, blah. So I'm starting to freak out at this point in time. Yeah. I'm trying to call her mother. I can't even I can't even get the words over. Like, I'm just trying to tell her, like, it's happening again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. 
And then about five, 10 minutes later, the same nurse comes back and they said, okay, she didn't incubate her. They, they just put a mask on her face. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a big difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, you just had me freaking out that my wife's not breathing on her own anymore. And yeah. it's, you know, she's like basically in a coma now. So like, I'm crying, man, I'm holding my newborn son. And all I can think about is like, is this it? Is my best mm. friend and my mother, and my son gone. And I'm yeah. just here on my own, a brand new father, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and it, it was, it was, it was so surreal. It was trying to get a hold of her mother, trying to get mm-hmm. a hold of people, trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where she had to go be rushed to the Kiwi too. And she was diagnosed with something called cardiovascular myopathy. So mm-hmm. basically you have two halves of your heart. Mm-hmm. One half pumps blood around your body and the other half yep. pumps the oxygen. Mm. Well, the half that was pumping the oxygen was only working at 50%. Wow. Or was it less than that? 25%. 25. My bad. Jeez. Correction. Yeah. And uh, because she had so much fluid build up around her lungs that it was compressed in her lungs and, you know, not being able to because she was misdiagnosed from the very get go with the preclinics. You know what I mean? Yeah. All this stuff started piling up and piling up. And again, it came to the point where I was like, I'm going to lose my best friend. I'm going to be a solo father with this brand new baby. I have no idea what to do. And uh, it came to the point. Thank God. Knock on wood. After being at the Kiwi 2 for a little bit, she got taken care of the way she was mm-hmm. supposed to. And uh, the worst part about it, well, not the worst part, but one of the shitty things about it was, is that I had to spend a week at home by myself while she was still oh. in the hospital by herself. Wow. Because it's like, we can't be traveling with a newborn baby yep. two days old back. And so it's yep. like, I just have to stay home with this kid. And, and, and here I am with this little bundle of life going, what do I do? Yeah, I have to get up every three hours. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. I have to do what? Like, yeah. so like that whole week, Man. I had zero support, and I'm half yeah. kind of wondering, is my wife gonna make it through all this stuff? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it was Take a rough baby. Row, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's brand yeah. new baby, and it's, it's, yeah, I was. I was really scared for a while there, man. Yeah. It was a, it was, it was a pretty traumatizing situation to just man. be sitting there watching, you know, w- again watching my best friend and the mother of my child yeah. basically dying in front of me, not having any idea what's going on while holding our newborn baby. That you know what I mean? It's, yeah. How am I supposed to tell this kid that your mother died giving birth to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Man? Yeah. So oh my god. Yeah. It was. It was pretty crazy. If that's a, if that's not a movie. I don't know, you know what I mean. Like I don't know what is. I know there was I. I didn't watch it, but there was a recent movie with Kevin Hart, um, where the mom the mom passed yes. away and yes. he was, had to raise a kid, and it, it was a little different because I don't think they were in a relationship. I don't think. But anyway, if if anyone needs a movie for their story, it's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I'm telling you, man, it's yeah. a pretty unique story. It really is. Like, it's yeah, a, man, is it ever? It was. It was rough, man. It was. And it and, and how it's six. He's six now. He's sixty years old now. Yep. And how's how's her health? Is everything cool? Uh, we we are very proud to say that she is one of the five percent of people that recover from cardiovascular myopathy. Uh, so that's she's awesome. that's crazy. Basically, a couple pills from here on. Yeah. For the next little bit, but it's yeah. she's basically recovered. Nice. That's so, amazing. Yeah, man. It's it it really came around full circle. It went from the yeah. lowest of lows to back to the highest of highs. Oh. That's good. It's good to hear, man. Oh uh, yeah, I I knew I knew you had a unique story, but I didn't know the details. So I'm glad we got to. We got to I didn't want this. to spoil it through the group chat. Yeah, no, like no, that, for, sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Um, no, that was that was it, man. Just basically, awesome. just feeling, just feeling like that was it. That was mm-hmm. my whole life just completely flipped upside down. And yeah, it was, and it happened yeah. like two or three times where it was like, oh my god, it's happening again. Okay, this is not like this is not a drill. And yeah. again, when it came to the point where it was like, I'm getting pushed out of the room. And doctors mm-hmm. are coming in with those crash carts, and you know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. blah. And, and she, the, the nurse, the nurse told me that she's being incubated. So I mean, that means there being yeah. a tube going down the throat, so she can't breathe on her own. But you know what I mean? When that didn't happen, so it's like that nurse had me freaking out and panicking mm-hmm. for nothing, and it, but not for nothing, but yeah, over yeah. false information is what I should say. But it was that's crazy. It was it was a huge it was a yeah. huge a huge part of my life that I'll never forget. Yeah. Man, what. When we say true father stories, <laughs> that's a story. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if anyone's going to adopt that, but um, I did. I made a little list here, Mr. Perrier, and uh, checking it twice. Yep, I checked it a few times. I didn't fact check it though, so hopefully I'm not wrong. But <laughs> uh, I got a little list of famous people with autism. I know yeah. there's like the obvious ones that people have mentioned, Bill Gates and stuff. 
I was going to say the biggest one I know of is Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. Yeah. And uh, but there's there's some other ones that surprised me. Um, and I just because we're sort of in the rap world, I'm going to throw this guy real quick. He wasn't any of the celebrity ones, but Sharon, the battle rapper, famous king okay. of the dot battle yeah. rapper. He's um, yeah, he, he has autism. I was, nice. I, I was trying to mention the Nick Cannon show and I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, Wild and Out? Yeah, Wild and Out. Yeah. Yeah. So Sharon, yeah. Sharon obviously is a, a, a regular on Wild and Out. He's, he's got autism. Um, now, yeah, you did mention Elon Musk. He's the first one I had written down. There's some couple obvious ones, but Nikola Tesla, the inventor of Tesla. Yeah. Uh, Satoshi Tahiri, who created Pokemon, uh, was autistic. Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Oh, I think I did hear that. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, really? Jerry Seinfeld, which surprised me. Because really? it was like... So there's celebrities when you like Elon Musk has said it, it's been said about him. There's like Bill Gates, same thing. Like some of the artists like Da Vinci, but like, I've never heard the Jerry Seinfeld thing. And never. I, that's, like that's I said, I didn't fact check these, but I did like double and triple check. So yeah, it's um, Jerry Seinfeld was one. Uh, Sir Isaac Newton. I have heard Michelangelo, the sculptor, Bill Gates. Like I said, if, you know, Elon Musk and Bill Gates were the top two for me that I knew about. Um, and then Bobby Fisher, the, the chess grandmaster. I don't know if you ever saw the movie about his life, but it's pretty cool. I can't remember the name of it. Not sure. Uh, Bobby Fisher and Charles Darwin, uh, Tim Burton, the movie director. Okay. And then this that one, doesn't surprise me for some reason. Yeah. See, <laughs> well, you think of like Burton has like an, you know, I don't know the right words to describe, but his movies are so unique. His, yeah, right? that's what I mean. Like, and it's all you can almost see him sitting in his own world, just like creating these movies and scenes, right? His creativity expression, yeah. that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Total and sense. I, for some people that are like, you know, they almost think like his movies, not that they don't make sense, but it's like, I've heard some people talk about his movies like, oh, they're so just over the top. Yeah. But it's like he had a vision and he just, you know, that's one thing I've seen. I haven't seen many interviews with him, but I know Johnny Depp's always talked about it. He like he doesn't put a movie out until it looks exactly how he wants. So I can only imagine like the perfectionist that he is, you know, when he's doing his films. Um, but this one surprised me, Anthony Hopkins. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, and it's not, um, like, you know, you mentioned what your son has the hands thing. And then there's some, you know, you obviously probably seen rain man back in the day. Yeah. Right. Um, I was mentioning this to my ex the other day at how like much I want to watch that movie again. Just, I love the Dustin, Dustin, um, Hoffman in that That's role, Hoffman. man. Like he just, there's sometimes you see people like in roles and it's like you like i really believe he was autistic you know what i mean like he just did such a good job with that but um anthony hopkins just the way he presents himself with things i i never i just never got that from him or no you know but uh you know obviously part of it as well as like super intelligence too like so, you know and he's known to be a member of mensa and things like that but yep um and talking about intelligence albert einstein which i had heard about um dan Aykroyd, which that wow. uh, yeah, I kind of was like surprised with that. Um, and then you go on my second part oh. of the list here. A couple artists, obviously Da Vinci and Van Gogh, which you kind of makes sense. The painters and yep. you know, painting like your vivid world. Uh, directors, Steven Spielberg and Alfred Hitchcock. Really? Spielberg? See, Spielberg surprised you because like with Burton, you're like this unique world he creates where Spielberg's like the transformer, like smash and crash and robot guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. But maybe he was obsessed with robots growing up. I don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, I mean, again, there's all kinds of different spectrums of autism. So yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Thomas Edison, the inventor, same as Alexander Graham Bell and Benjamin Franklin, all inventors. Um, I mean, Bates. for the most part, all the people you're listening, they're all brilliant people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Uh, that's sort of why I threw this list together. And then, uh, like Beethoven, Mozart from back in the day, then musicians like Bob Dylan, John Denver. Um, Charles Darwin, which I had heard before, but this next one really shocked me was Lionel Lionel Messi, this hockey soccer player. Really? Yeah. I and it's not because he's probably the world's best soccer player. Um, you know, I don't follow soccer like a ton, ton, but I do know who he is. I've seen him play. I've seen him in the World Cup. Just yeah, I don't know why. Just that kind of surprised me. Same with the Seinfeld thing. I think I was really surprised by the Seinfeld. But like maybe that's why these people are perfectionists. Maybe that's, that's why what I'm Seinfeld saying. Is yeah, perfectionist with his comedy. Yep. Why Messi is a perfectionist with his yep. football. You know what I mean? And like it's, it's with Seinfeld. You think now that I know that, thinking back to like he didn't do too many HBO specials, or he didn't do too. You know what I mean? He yep. he probably wanted to perfect what he was doing. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I mean he yeah, I mean he found his lane with his TV show, but I mean that's a yeah, that's a yeah. Story. And uh, the last one I really had, which I mean I don't know too much about him anyway, but it was Charles M. Schultz, the cartoonist that did like Charlie Brown stuff. Okay, right. Um, I think there was somebody that just came out recently. Um, I forget his name though. He was the he was the lead actor in Prison Break. The, oh um, yeah, yeah, I can't uh, remember his name. The guy that had the tattoos all over him. Yeah, um, he. I'm pretty sure he just came out recently as autistic. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and like I mean, I said, when you're watching that show, I can kind of see it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did watch that show too back in the day. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and watch it now, like the way you see, I just, I like, I, I again, this everybody's different, but mm-hmm. like, I see these things with my son. The way mm-hmm. they process information, the way they mm-hmm. look at you, like yeah. it's just, I, I see these things now because yeah. I see it in my son. So yeah. it's. Yeah, and you'd probably go back and watch a movie now and be like, like, say, with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And just watch him sort of like looking around or he's thinking and comes up with that perfect line. Cause he was, I know he was known, it's no more in comedy, but he was always known for going off script, like in his movies, as serious as they are. Right. Well, she just left, but there was that TV show with that kid in it. And he was a doctor and he was autistic doctor. Why can't I remember the name of the TV show? Uh, are you talking about the newer one or the older one? Yeah, it's on like CCV or whatever. It was like yeah. last year, the, the year before, the, or whatever. The good doctor or something like that. Good doctor. Yeah. That's it. That's right. Yeah. And it's like I see him in that show and I'm like, God damn it. Like he nailed that character. If he's not yeah. autistic himself, he nailed it. He did some yeah. serious studying. I'd be interested like, to see that because he also played Norman Bates in yes, um, exactly. the hotel. Bates it? Motel. Bates Motel. Yeah, which is an awesome show. Right. But he, I, I'm interested to see if he, I don't know his real name and, you know, the actor's real name, but. I'm interested to see now because now that you mentioned it, like I, yeah. I see little signs in them too, right? But you, you obviously as as a dad with a child with autism have a more of a you know radar than I would. But I just see my spectrum of autism again. Yeah, like, yeah. That's one thing that I'll say that that's one thing they don't do right now. It's either you have autism or you don't. And mm. They don't diagnose him on a spectrum, so it's not yeah. like he's has this level of autism or this. Uh, it's just okay. either you have it or you don't, yeah. because yeah. that way they're not being. Uh, uh, separated in different learning mm-hmm. abilities or whatever like just mm-hmm. you get treated if you have it or you don't yep. it's it's either or so they don't say there's a spectrum level anymore but if i was to do it on my son i say my son is low on the spectrum yeah like he's he's you know he's he's functioning he's whatever mm-hmm. like i've seen people that have autism it's very high on the spectrum yeah like, yeah you know what i mean yeah uh, i had a i had a roommate uh, a few years back and he had two children with autism and his <laughs> oldest daughter was like there was no she couldn't communicate like verbally right she was the older one and the younger one i want to say she might have been around nine or ten and the younger one was like four or five and he spoke you know he spoke really well and yeah. she was like she didn't speak at all yeah right so yeah it does go to show that how different different it is you can't just paint a brush. yeah um awesome well mr perrier i want to say thanks for for joining the show tonight you know i did mention that uh we do co-host uh, another podcast. Hey, right. And do you have anything you want to mention? Because I know you did have, uh, you know, even some more news aside from that. Um, no, no, nothing really. I mean, it's we have the ten count. We're doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, just start following Podshop Network at Podshop yeah. Network on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, you name it. It's it's all the same thing at Podshop Network. Uh, you heard Brew mention it earlier. He's officially signed with Paw Shop Network and the True Fatherhood Stories. Um, I guess I could give you a we could give a brief rundown of what it actually is since we haven't done that in a while. We yeah, can this out and kind of use it. Yeah. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, the Pod Shop Network is going to be your one stop shop for podcasts. Uh, we have a True Fatherhood Stories now signed on it. Um, I guess we can announce right now that the Ten Count will also be signed to the Pod Shop Network. Um, and Stay tuned to see what else is going to happen. It's going to be it's going to be a good selection. We're we're basically going to start a Netflix of of, of, of yep. podcast. Uh, it's yep. going to be all free services and whatnot, but it's going to be your one stop shop to be able to to find all of our stuff in one place. Well said, well said, and lots of lots of news to come, which yes. you don't want to spoil right now. So. <laughs> yeah, just just again, stay tuned. Make sure you go like the pages and stuff like that mm-hmm. at Pod Shop Network on everything. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. You're actually my first uh, interview guest. Yes, so we're, we're going down virginity. history here, right? <laughs> you broke you broke the the guest virginity. Yes. <laughs> but no, thanks thanks for uh, coming on and thanks for you know answering my questions. And honestly, your story was amazing. And uh, 
you know, it's going to be hard for other dads to come on my show and, and top that, to be honest. Oh, so, I'm sure there's some crazy stories. Out there. I know. Right. So I'm going to challenge every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. The challenge is out there. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Again, I'm your host, Jay Brew. This is True Fathered Stories, brought to you by the Podshop Network. Hope to see you back next time.